parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back to Raised Resilient. I'm your host, Dr. Hillary, and I'm so glad you're here. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about getting kids to clean up, and we're going to be talking about this in the context of a listener question. This is something I get asked about a lot because it is exhausting as a parent to be cleaning up after your kid constantly. And I think also it can start to feel like we're not teaching our kids important life skills if we are constantly cleaning up after them. So how do we involve them in this process? What should we expect out of our kids versus what is too much to expect? And how do we make this process fun and flow easily versus feeling like we are constantly nagging our kids? Because none of us want to feel like that. That is not parenting in a way that feels good. So today's episode is going to cover all of that and then some. But before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to remind you that if you are in a place where you feel like parenting is a struggle, if you feel like you are constantly frustrated with your child, constantly frustrated with yourself, and kind of not sure how to shift that energy, I have a free guide that is going to be a game changer for you. It's called Six Mindset Shifts to Ditch the Overwhelm and Parent in a Way that Feels Good. Because our mindset as parents, the lens through which we see our kids and ourselves, especially in hard moments, is everything. If you were to ask me, what's the biggest thing that you did to really feel like you could shift into a place where parenting truly feels good? I would tell you, I changed my mindset. I stopped seeing my child's meltdowns as a problem to be fixed. I stopped feeling like it was my job to constantly keep my kid happy. I stopped feeling like I had to be perfect and never mess up with my kid. I changed my mindset. I shifted the way I was seeing the hard moments. The hard moments were still there, but I changed how I was seeing them. And that truly changed everything for me. That doesn't mean that I always get it right. And that doesn't mean that parenting is easy. Parenting is the hardest job we'll ever do. But when we can see things through a lens that allows us to feel good, even in the hard moments about the choices we're making with our kids, that is a game changer. You can get your copy of this guide totally free at raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. And I highly recommend that you do. Even if you've been at this for a while and you feel like you've got your mindset in a good place, I still go back to this guide. I still go back to it. I still look at these mindset shifts when I am in a tough moment in parenting. And it really does ground me in what I know is true and how I want to show up as a parent. So again, that's raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. Okay, so now let's get into our listener question. Our listener writes, I've got four kids and I feel like the house is constantly a mess. I feel like I am constantly picking up after them. And even though I want them to be doing this themselves, honestly, sometimes it's just easier if I do it myself. 
but then I feel resentful because all I do, it feels like, is go from room to room picking up their messes. And then sometimes when I do ask them to help, I feel like they just get totally overwhelmed, especially my two and my four-year-old. So I'm trying to figure out what should I be doing to actually teach them the skills they need to clean up after themselves? Am I expecting too much? Is there something I'm missing? Please help. Thank you. Okay. So I love this question because I feel like it really speaks to the struggle that we face as parents. We are constantly in this place of, okay, how much do I ask of them versus how much do I do on my own to keep things moving and to keep myself sane? Right. I think we can all relate to that. I don't want to live in a mess. I don't want to constantly be cleaning up after my kids either. And I also don't want to be constantly fighting with them. So what do I do? I know I have felt like this. And I feel like I've had a bit of a journey with my own kids in terms of what I expected from them and how we do things in terms of cleaning up after play. So as we often do on this podcast, I would like to start with our mindset around cleanup. Because I think when I was a first-time mom, my mindset around cleanup was not great. I think I expected too much of my young children. I think I, and I expected too much in terms of how and when things would get cleaned up. And I'm going to say more about all of this. But here are two really key ideas that I think will help us set the framework for this discussion. The first idea is that it's not realistic to expect young children to clean up on their own. They do not have the brain development and specifically the executive functioning that is required to organize enough to clean a play space by themselves. They do not have that capacity yet. And I would argue that even older kids, they might have fleeting moments of that capacity, but it's still developing really until the preteen and teen years. So our kids are constantly developing their executive functioning starting in the toddler years, but these skills like organization and time management and working memory and all of these skills that are necessary to really organize enough to clean a play space are not fully developed until early adulthood. Okay, and so we are expecting these often toddlers and preschoolers to clean their play space independently, and that is just not realistic. So if your toddler has ever looked at you and said, I need help, or your preschooler, I can't do this by myself, and you wondered if that was for real or if they just didn't want to do it, I'm here to tell you that that is absolutely real. It is incredibly overwhelming and honestly impossible for a young child to clean up a play space by themselves, especially when more than one toy, more than one category of toys, right? So like the blocks and the magnetiles or whatever have been brought out because now your child has to categorize these items as they clean. But even having to just put a bunch of Duplos back into one container was often dysregulating for my now five-year-old when he was three and four. Only recently has he been able to do that more independently. And even now, he still sometimes feels better when I'm just in there with him, maybe occasionally putting a Duplo in the container. Even now, it's hard for him to just sit there and do the task completely independently. Now, of course, 
Every child is different in how their executive functioning develops, and some kids will be able to do this independently before others. But if your child is telling you, this is overwhelming, this is too much, I can't do this by myself, I need help. If your child is melting down every time you're asking them to clean their play space, that's a good indicator that their executive functioning is not developed enough for you to expect them to do this independently. Now we're going to talk about how to scaffold these skills, how to set our kids up for success and to get them to participate because I think we should be doing those things. But what we shouldn't do is expect our kids to independently clean up a play space, especially when multiple toys have been brought into that space. And here's the other idea. And I think this is really important. Cleaning up immediately after playtime is not always appropriate. Sometimes we actually want our kids to be able to create something and have it stay in that created form for a while. So for example, my kids will often build these setups. They'll create this elaborate little village or they'll create a castle with dragons or something that is important to them and that they have worked hard on. And what I find when we don't ask them to clean up that setup immediately is that they actually will go back and play with it for sometimes up to a week. And so I would encourage you if your child is creating something to kind of give a little wiggle room and let that be if you can. Sometimes I'll have my kids clean up around the setup. So any blocks that they didn't use to build the castle, for example, I might have them put those away but I will leave the setup intact for as long as I can. And I work with them to think about where they are building things so that what they're building is not in the way of our everyday life. So for example, if they're going to build something that they want to keep set up, maybe they do it in their bedrooms instead of in the playroom where their toddler sister is likely to knock it over. But we really try to let them leave their creative setups intact so that they can go back and play with them until they're truly done with it. And it usually is pretty obvious when they're done with it because they'll start to lose interest. It'll start to fall apart and it won't get put back together, etc. But in general, I don't rush to clean up my kids' creative efforts. And I would recommend that if you can that you try to take that same approach because it's really important for kids to be able to create things without having to worry constantly about it being immediately cleaned up. If you don't have the ability to leave things out or maybe your child is building with Lego blocks and you have an infant or a toddler who you don't want to find these blocks, then another option is to create a saving tray or a saving space where your child can move their creation to a safe tray or a drawer in their room or a shelf that's out of the way and keep their creation for a little bit longer. You know, a child's play space has sort of a rhythm to it. It gets played with and it gets messy and then we clean it. And so there is this rhythm of playing and then mess and then clean because that's what kids need to be able to do to really fully engage in play. They need to be able to get out toys. They need to be able to make a mess. And they also need to be able to, at some point, go back to that play space and have it be a bit of a clean slate so that they can start over. And we get to decide, working with our kids and their creative endeavors, how that rhythm unfolds. So for example, like I said, my kids can have setups in their rooms, but the playroom gets put back together 
every night. And I think that's really important for my toddler who needs to go in there every morning and have that space be a clean slate, have it be back in its original form so that she can explore. I remember when my oldest was a baby. I remember specifically he would just take everything off of his toy shelf every day and then I would put it all back and then he would take it all off and I would put it all back. And so for him at nine months old, that rhythm or that cycle of the play space was much shorter. He was taking it off and I was putting it back multiple times in each day. And that's what he needed at that developmental stage. And as our kids get older and their play changes, then the way that their play space shifts and changes also can shift and change, if that makes sense. So with those ideas in mind, the idea that it's not really a developmentally appropriate expectation to expect our toddlers, preschoolers, and even sometimes our older kids to clean a play space independently, and that we shouldn't necessarily be expecting them always to clean up immediately after play, right? That the play space has its own messy, clean cycle. Once we understand those things, then here are my recommendations for getting your child to participate in cleanup. The first one is to start when they're young. You know, toddlers love to help you clean, even young toddlers. If you are putting toys away, invite your toddler to participate. Say, oh, look, you did it when they put a toy into the bucket. I do this all the time with my 22-month-old. She's really into it. It's fun for her and it's not stressful. And I don't expect that she's going to clean up her entire play space and make it look like it was before she played. That's not a developmentally appropriate expectation. I know that. But if she puts a few Duplos back into the container, that's a win. And then as your child grows, I would approach cleanup as a collaborative process. I would not say, and I still don't say to my kids, go clean your room. I will help them organize to clean their rooms. So for example, sometimes with my five-year-old, that means that I go and I sit in his room and I say, oh gosh, this looks really overwhelming, doesn't it? You got all of your things out, didn't you? And he's like, yeah. And so I'll ask him, I'll say, where do you think we should start? And he'll say, maybe we put the dinosaurs away first. I say, okay, why don't you work on the dinosaurs and I will start cleaning up the cars. Or sometimes we will both work on the dinosaurs until that's done. I help them organize the task. I help them chunk it up into manageable pieces so that it's not just this big, overwhelming mess. And then any participation that my kids do, again, that's a win. I'm very happy that they are participating versus expecting them to return the play space to its original form because that's going to be really, really challenging for a young child. Another recommendation I have is to model that when we get something out and we're finished with it, that we do put it away before we go and move on to something else. So this is not the same thing as letting your child leave a setup out, right? Your child built a castle and they don't want to clean it up right away. That's different than getting out a game of Monopoly and finishing that game and then just leaving the game out. So if my child were to do that, I would say, okay, so we finished up playing Monopoly. Now, before we move on to our next activity, let's clean it up. And I will help. I won't expect them to completely do that independently. Sometimes my eight-year-old can and will, 
But it's more important to me that I model this rhythm of when we get something out and we're finished with it, then we put it away before we move on to the next thing than it is for me to have them do that completely independently. So I will say something like, oh, I see we left the game out. Let's clean that up before you go outside and ride your bike. And sometimes my kids will push back. They don't want to clean up the thing that they just got done with. They want to move on to the next thing. It's not fun to have to stop and clean. And so in that case... I will validate their struggle. Wow, I really get it. You just finished this game and you are so excited about your next idea and you really don't want to stop and clean it up. I really get that. Or it feels so overwhelming to have to clean up right now. I understand. I'm here to help. So I try to stay aligned with them. I try to validate that it does feel annoying and overwhelming sometimes. And I get that. I feel that way too. But also let's clean up. I'll help you. Let's just get it done. Okay, so my next recommendation is about the play space itself. And I think this is really important and often overlooked. But the first idea that's related to a child's play space itself is the idea that less is more. And the research really backs this up. Children who had fewer toys in their play space played longer, more independently, and more creatively and deeply when they had fewer toys than when they had more. When there are too many toys in a child's play space, the play space itself can feel overwhelming and not conducive to creative play. And that's not what we want, right? Now, that doesn't mean that you need to go and get rid of all of your child's toys. Although I do think it's healthy to declutter and donate the toys that your child has outgrown or isn't using every so often. I think that's a really good thing to do. But if your child has toys that they are still actively using then my suggestion would be at the very least to rotate these toys. And this doesn't need to be anything fancy. This doesn't need to be some detailed rotation schedule. Just take some of the toys out of the play space. I literally will just put the toys that we're not using in that moment in a box in one of our storage closets. And then when I can see that my kids are getting tired of the toys that are out, I'll just put out some quote unquote new toys, old slash new toys. And then my kids will just play as if they've never seen these toys before. So rotate the toys. Don't feel like you need to have everything out all at once. And watch what happens. I bet you will see that not only does your child play for longer, but also that cleanup is easier. And then related to that, I believe that a play space is most functional when a child can see all of the toys and when everything has a home. So I much prefer an open shelf setup then say a toy box where everything is just put away out of sight together in one big pile. What I've seen is that it's actually harder for my kids to get their minds around cleanup when everything kind of just blends together. It is so much easier when they know that the rainbow puzzle goes on this shelf. And on this shelf, we have our wooden blocks. And on this shelf, we have whatever. Cleanup is so much easier when kids know that everything has a home. And I find this to be true for myself. I'm big on keeping our space as decluttered as possible. I'm not like a minimalist necessarily, but I try to only keep out the things that we need. And so everything has a home. And I don't tend to lose things as often because I know that I'm going to put it back in its home. And of course, if it's not in its home, then I'm really out of luck because I have no idea where to look for it. But that's another story. 
So not only do I try to keep my kids' play space organized in a way where they can see all of the toys and there aren't too many toys and everything has a home, but I also try to model that in our home in general. Another recommendation I have for getting kids to clean up is to make it fun. Make it a game. I will often turn on one of my kids' favorite songs and I'll say, okay, let's see if we can work together to get all of these blocks back on this shelf before the song is over. What do you think? Can we do it? Or sometimes I'll pretend to be a garbage truck and see if my kids want to be garbage trucks with me, or I'll just follow their lead. Sometimes my kids are already in a game and they want to pretend that they're a ninja cleaning up or that they have special cleanup powers and only they can see the blocks. No one else can see them, so they have to clean them up. My kids come up with the most fun and creative things, and I know your child does too. And the cool thing is that when we can really get playful with them, right, when we just bring that playful energy, they often will take care of the rest. It's a very different thing to approach cleanup in this, okay, come on, we've got to get this done. Come on, guys, I said let's clean up way than to do it in a way that says, all right, let's see. Let's clean this playroom. Do we want to be a garbage truck or do we want to be aliens brought down to earth and we have to clean everything up as quickly as possible? It really matters less what the game is than the fact that you are approaching this with playful energy. And if you suggest a game that your child doesn't like, I promise you, your child will be like, no, 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 mom. How about we do it like this instead? Or no, daddy. This is the game we're going to play. They will let you know. So don't worry about suggesting a game that your child isn't going to be into. Just be playful about it. And my last tip for engaging kids in cleanup is to actually invite them to participate in family cleanup time. So for example, maybe you are folding laundry or maybe you're cleaning the kitchen together after a meal. You can say to your child, okay, We're cleaning up the kitchen and anything you can do to help us clean would be so appreciated. So you are inviting participation instead of demanding participation. And that little shift right there can be a game changer. You might find that your child suddenly starts being helpful when before they were just kind of sitting out. And that's because when you invite participation instead of demanding it, your child gets to come and chip in in whatever way feels accessible in whatever way feels doable, in whatever way feels enjoyable to them. Like my eight-year-old just absolutely loves washing dishes. That is his favorite thing ever. And that works out because I don't love it. So for him to sit there, and yes, it takes a little bit longer when he does it, but for him to sit there and wash the pans after dinner is actually super helpful. And it's fun for him too. So win-win. Again, instead of there being this sort of combative energy of you better come help us, it's an invitation. It's collaborative. Anything you can do to help would be so appreciated. Give your child the chance to see what they come up with. And if your child wants to help but is not sure how, then you can give suggestions, right? Like, oh, actually, I need somebody to wash the pans. But see what your child comes up with first. You might be surprised. So those are my suggestions to get your child to participate more actively in the cleanup process. So that wraps up our episode for today. To our listener who wrote in, thank you so much for your question. You know, you can always email me your questions, drhillary at raisedresilient.com. You can DM me on Instagram at raisedresilient, or you can go to raisedresilient.com forward slash questions and submit your question there. I welcome your questions because I want this podcast to be about the things that you want to learn about. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, 
we've got this. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.